Welcome to the Ready Yeti Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. Hey guys, before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to take a moment to talk about the Ready Yeti membership. We've grown to have thousands of products from some amazing up-and-coming brands. Anything from skis and snowboards, jackets, hiking boots, even supplements and snack bars. It's an incredible way to save a ton on gear with discounts of up to 50% off. Join the Ready Yeti membership and do your part to help support some of these incredible small businesses that aren't just making incredible gear, but are also putting a lot of effort into social action and doing their part to create an environmentally conscious business. Join today at www.readyyeti.com members and start supporting these amazing startups and saving a ton on gear. What is going on, Red Yeti Podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host. On today's episode, I am sitting down with one of the founders of Green Goo, Jody Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Thank you for having me. All right, so for the listener that may not be familiar with Green Goo, how would you best describe your brand to them? So we make plant-based medicinal body care. That's probably the best way to sum it up. <laughs> So tell me, uh, what is what exactly? How exactly did you get into starting a brand like Green Goo? So the short version of the story is, my sister's a certified herbalist and a midwife, and then I was pre med, and we started, you know, understanding sort of how complicated first aid is, along with how many chemicals and um, different ingredients that aren't necessarily good for you or the environment were included in these products. And so first aid was a, was a big area of concern for us that we wanted to tackle. And, and it was more of a personal journey. We wanted to make these products for ourselves had no idea, you know, where this was going to take us. It, it truly, we wanted to make portable natural first aid. My sister and her husband are um, big rafters and climbers. And then my dad actually is retired military um, but at the time, he was being deployed frequently. And so between the outdoor adventures, um, my dad's deployment, and the uncomfortable nature of things like bug bites, chafing, bee stings, um, sunburn, and then my sister and uh, brother-in-law going out in the outdoors, and, and even Segway, they went to the Philippines after the typhoon, and he's an EMT, and then my sister being a midwife helped birth babies. Um, you know, one of the observations they made was how complicated first aid was and how they were bringing these chemicals to these beautiful places that hadn't really been disrupted by some of the chemicals that we have in our Western civilization. And so at that moment, it was kind of the, the benchmark for we needed to make portable first aids that was versatile spoke to a lot of different symptom relief and also was a hundred percent natural. And so that started Green Goo. And the next thing you know, we're making a boatload of products that are natural alternatives to your traditional first aid items. So like natural hydrocortisones, natural poison ivy relief, um, and a variety of different products with the premise that it's portable, it's versatile, um, and it's 100% plant-based and natural. I love that. So you, you started this journey in 2008 and things got serious in 2012. And obviously, uh, the listener may I figured this out, but it's a family business, um, yep. which I'm sure is exciting and stressful. Can can you um, speak to what that's been like starting a business with family? Absolutely. You know, it's been a wild ride. 
I think the best thing about all of it, and this is just a sort of a happy accident, each one of us brings a unique talent to the table that was sort of fundamental in shaping the success for today. My mom's a self-taught computer programmer and website developer and graphic design artist. So when we were just selling this stuff at the farmer's market and people were going, hey, you know, we want to be able to order your product. How do, how do we do that? And we thought, oh, well, I guess we just got to create a website. And so, you know, my mom was able to do that. Or, you know, customers are coming to me saying, hey, I want an anti-aging formula or, you know, and I can go to my sister and go, hey, you know, we need to create a formula that that is natural, that's sort of this anti-aging. And, and so it was really neat seeing, you know, my dad retired military is now the master labeler and <laughs> all of our husbands <laughs> now, you know, um, my sister's uh, husband who was an EMT, but also worked for WMI and would teach um, uh, emergency medical care, you know, out in the remote backcountry and so forth. And he is brilliant at logistics. And so he manages our, you know, five manufacturers and supply chain. And so it was really neat to see how the towns kind of all came together. Um, being mother, daughter, sister owned and growing up in the military, we've always been really close. It doesn't mean it doesn't come with challenges, but you know, what's great is we can, you know, duke it out at the table and then walk away and be like, Hey, let's go have dinner. Let's go for a hike. And and we're good, you know, and we get to keep it really transparent. But we also know that, like, we have the best intentions for each other. And that's really comforting. That's really awesome. And I'm sure it's been a, a fun journey over the years. So I, I want to rewind back to 2008 or maybe a little after 2008 when you started working on uh, Green Goo. How did things – so it started off in first aid. How did you get mm -hmm. the business to the point – um, where you were starting to sell, like obviously you started on farmer's markets. What was really the stepping stone that made it a more legitimate business? You know, I think the manufacturing was a big hurdle and, and also an important element. So kind of our, our secret sauce, if you will, is we do a lipid infusion process, um, which takes the plants. So we use the actual plants themselves and they go through an infusion process that yields the highest amount of the medicinal properties from these plants in a really sustainable fashion. So there's the least amount of waste as possible. Um, and it's really an old world concept, but it's never been scaled. And so we knew as a family that we did not want to be producing the product um, and we wanted to be, you know, front and center with our customers and doing our philanthropy and so forth. And so we needed to find a manufacturer who could do this. And that was tough. And I think, you know, especially when you kind of accidentally find yourself in business, um, you know, it's sometimes those hurdles that can prevent you from taking it to the next level. And we shopped around for a lot of manufacturers and they were like, why would you do this? Why don't you just use some synthetic concentrates that are already on the market and mix it all together? You know, which was sort of the common practice in the natural industry. And, and, you know, what happens is a couple of things, you end up with some ingredients that you don't want. So we can keep our ingredients really clean, really minimal. Um, but then it also compromises the efficacy. And so the performance is why people dig these products. They like them because they work, they perform. A lot of our customers are, you know, come over, not because they're even interested in natural, they just want something that works. And um, so when we were pretty close to saying, okay, this has been fun. This is a great, you know, family farmer's market business, but we can't scale because we can't find a manufacturer. And we finally found someone who, um, matter of fact, his son had eczema and he used our product and said, 
I'm blown away by the performance. I want to figure out a way to scale this with you guys. And that was kind of the next step of being able to build the process so that we could start investing and scaling and know that, you know, it was something that we could support. That's really fascinating. You mentioned that you work with now five manufacturers. Was it as difficult to find each additional one or was it more so as you grew and you were more established um, because you were more established, it was easier to have the connections to find the right manufacturers to make the different types of products that you guys offer? You're right. It's sort of twofold. You know, being in the industry helps you get that dialogue going to be able to find manufacturers faster. And that has definitely been, um, you know, an avenue for success for us. But then it's also finding the right ones. You know, I mean, it's not just about producing the the product the way you designed it, um, but having that synergy and, and uh, you know, things happen a lot faster now with supply chain and technology and, and, uh, and even their customer service. So, you know, we found folks that we can really align with, but that's been its own journey in itself. <laughs> For sure. Uh, okay. So starting things off was um, sort of the piece that really catapulted the business. Did you get into retail or were you more direct to consumer? Like really, what really started the ball rolling for, for sales? Sure. I mean, initially our website was the first thing that we put up. Um, so we had sort of a natural organic following for the direct to consumer. Um, but then after that, it was really testing retail. Our first retailer was natural grocers, vitamin cottage. And it was really great because, you know, they asked us for a line sheet and a P that, you know, could we create a PDQ and what were our UPCs? And we all looked at each other and we go, what are they saying? <laughs> right, right, um, right. You know, but we found some good counsel and, you know, thanks to the internet, the World Wide web, you can find some information out. Um, and so that that was really testing what does it mean for the consumer to meet our product on the shelf relative to having the direct contact with them at the farmer's market or on the website. And that was an important piece from a branding and communication standpoint, because that's a very different dynamic. Uh, so that was a, a wonderful experience for us. The next step was doing retail and then taking a step back after that for, you know, really about two years and said, okay, what can we do with our branding to improve its position so that we're getting that message quicker? You know, what are we good at? What are we not good at? And let's stop doing what we're not good at. Let's do more of what we are good at. And, um, and then improve that from a retail standpoint. And of course, you know, segue a few years later, here we are spending more time on the direct-to-consumer. And then there's that whole, you know, sort of deep dive in terms of, you know, who is the brand and positioning it in a way that meets the consumer in a, in a more flawless manner. That's so interesting. So uh, from when things got more serious in 2012 to now 2020, what has the growth been like? Well, we've more than doubled every year. Um, and with that comes a lot of bumps, you know, managing your supply chain, making sure that you're staying ahead of that um, cash flow and making sure that you have enough infrastructure and employees to support it. You know, oftentimes you feel like you're putting the cart before the horse, but sometimes you have to, and you have to take that chance so that you can actually execute and follow through. So, you know, it's a, it's a daily pivot and, uh, and trying to figure out what your next step is, if you will. 
That's so interesting. Now, you you talked about this briefly, but I'd love to go um, a little bit deeper with the plant-based side of of the business. But how do you keep sustainability front in mind and really make that such an important part of uh, Green Goo? Absolutely. And that's that's pretty much the heartbeat of who we are. So we're a certified B Corp. um, And we're really proud of, you know, exceeding that expectation every year. So we don't just try to, you know, get our certification and maintain it. We use that as an opportunity to educate us so that we can continue to improve ourselves as a company every year. Um, So down to the ingredients, making sure that the ingredients that we use are sustainable. We want, um, you know, anything that's on the list that, that could potentially harm the environment if it was being depleted in large scales. You know, I mean, that's the great thing about a lot of these plants is they're incredibly sustainable, easy to grow. They don't need a, uh, a lot of infrastructure to do so more. The more you harvest them, you know, the more they grow. Um, matter of fact, we're working with a group out of, and sort of a segue, um, out of Afghanistan and we're teaching the communities there, how we're doing some garden pilots and teaching them how to grow the herbs and make medicine from the plants. And what's really cool is that they can use the sun and the moon cycle and they don't need to have a lot of, you know, technology to be able to do this. Um, and so it's really neat in terms of sort of the simplicity of these herbs, but then the amazing, you know, benefits that they have. And that process in itself is so critical as well. I mean, you can you can have some great plants that you use, but if you're not taking it through that process, you can have a ton of waste and then not you not get as much of the what the plant has to offer for you. Um, and then it's just our everyday practice. You know, as a B Corp, we have the different departments who, you know, we always have them diving into how we can be more sustainable with our footprint and, you know, how we're operating the offices and incentivizing folks to ride their bikes. And, you know, um, so it's an, it's a central part and it's great because it also builds community within our team members. And I think it also gives them something that they're really proud of. And, and that, that just in itself has creates a nice work environment. That's really awesome. What would you say over the years has been one of the hardest parts about starting and and building green goo? (laughs) The hardest part. Oh, that's such a loaded question. (laughs) It is, you know, because you are faced with new challenges every day. And I think, you know, the bigger picture, and someone said this to me once, you know, don't, don't ride the highs too high and don't ride the lows too low. Um, But at the same token, give yourself a moment to learn from those mistakes because they're real and they're visceral and you need to learn from them. Um, But then at the same token, allow yourself the opportunity to take those moments of, of success. You, you know, you do need to take a moment to get off the tread of the mill and be like, Hey guys, we did great on this, you know, but you got to keep plugging ahead. And so I think keeping perspective and keeping your perspective healthy, you know, it'd be real easy to, to work 18 hours a day, um, and not go get your hike or, you know, not get your exercise or what have you, because, you know, it's funny, you start this very health minded and it's very easy for you to get off track. And so I think finding that healthy balance, of success. Um, and you're better at what you do if you're taking care of yourself as well. I couldn't agree with that more. Like we moved our team to British Columbia this winter, um, to do some content for a few of our brands, but it's just nice to be like so close to the mountains so that we're like, all right, we're going to go ski touring for two hours, come back and then work. 
And then you're just way more energized. I mean, you're physically more tired, but you're more energized. You're in a better headspace. And I I love that my employees know that they can be transparent in that way if they need a personal day or they need to work from home or, you know, I mean, it's, it's important. And yet, you know, our team goes above and beyond on a daily basis, which is, which is really, really awesome. That is awesome. Now, um, I'd love to ask specifically, um, for you, did you ever think at any point in time that you would start a business? No, (laughs) (laughs) I was pre-med. I was in private practice. Um, and I had, you know, I accidentally started some businesses before it was kind of funny. I opened up a bed and breakfast and it turned into a wedding venue. And, you know, so my parents would tell you otherwise, you know, that I, I have kind of fallen into this pattern in my life, um, as a young adult. Um, but I would have never expected it. I didn't as a child aspire, even though, you know, my sister and I had a lawn care business when we were kids, you know, um, (laughs) medicine has definitely been more of a focus for my sister and my mom and I and, and plants. So, uh, that's been a strong theme in our lives in terms of, um, you know, gardening. We have a, a wonderful Sierra Sage garden and chickens and we love to grow for, you know, not just food, but even just plants, you know, and we moved around a lot in the military and we would always have a, a big old trailer full of plants because the, the movers couldn't take them. You know? <laughs> um, so in medicine, you know, we've been incredibly passionate about clean medicine for a while and, um, and having that marriage of, of innovation and, and obviously, you know, Western medicine's great. Um, but having the appreciation for, um, you know, natural medicine as well, it's, it's really neat. Like we all go to acupuncture. I get acupuncture every Monday and the whole family does it. And it's this great rotation. I'm sure she'd be a great one to interview because she knows a lot about us. (laughs) Sure. Sure. That's amazing. Um, so what advice would you give to someone that, um, wanted to start a business, whether it was in the outdoor health space or just a business in general? I think that's twofold. Um, one, you have to have tenacity. You cannot give up. You're going to have so many moments where you want to throw it in the air and, um, and walk away from it. And, and there may be times that, you know, you do need to pivot and, and change course, um, but you, you have to push through it and you're going to push through it. And, and I think visceral, I always kind of fall back to it. It's a very physiological, emotional experience. Um, and you got to push through it. Um, but don't ever compromise yourself. And someone taught me that early on because it can be incredibly intimidating. And there, there were moments where I thought, okay, you know, here we are you know, this herbalist, this, um, you know, these three women and we know nothing about business and, you know, we should be or look or appear a certain way. And, uh, you know, someone really instilled, he, he's, he was a great counselor in the very beginning and continues to be, I, I meet with him once a week. And, um, but early on he said, you know, stay true to you and stay true to the heartbeat of what you're building. And there are many moments where you could, you could deviate from it. Maybe it's it's cheaper or it's easier. Um, but we get so much reward for staying true to that, uh, and staying true to ourselves. And, and that has made this journey that much better. That's amazing. So where do you see green goo going in the next year, five years, 10 years down the road? 
Well, hopefully more and more people are going to learn about, you know, how amazing these products are and how they can change their lives. You know, we got an, an email the other day from a daughter who said, you know, oh, my dad's a pharmacist and he just doesn't believe natural can work. And he's had poison ivy for four months and he couldn't get rid of it. And I gave him the green goon has gone in two days and now he's a believer. Um, I love that. You know, um, John Hopkins uses our dry skin formula and their scleroderma and skin condition department. And, you know, they'll say for the first time, these people are getting relief and uh, they're not just getting relief, but it's also not having physical side effects as well as a result of getting the relief. And, you know, my hope would be that we can continue to bring products that, um, you know, exceed people's expectations and make a difference in their lives. And of course, you know, it's been fun partnering like our deodorant line. We partnered with Keep a Breast Foundation and we donate five cents to every oval um, for breast cancer awareness. And then, you know, like I was saying, the project we're working on with Afghanistan folks and um, and bringing economic development to women in these remote locations. And, you know, we're working with the PCTA. So, you know, it's, it's taking these products also a step further and saying, what else can we do to leave it better than we found it and, and make a significant contribution. So, um, you know, that journey has still has not been told yet. And, and, you know, we're just putting our best foot forward. I love that. And I, I really love all the things that you guys are doing with, with Green Goo. And um, I want to thank you, Jody, for taking the time to come on the podcast and share your story and the story of Green Goo. And I'm just excited to see what you guys do in the next uh, couple of years. And um, it's a really nice um, pivot, I think, that's happening right now where a lot more businesses are more um, um, eco-friendly and sort of people-focused as opposed to just trying to build a business that makes money. And I think, um, you know, we're going to start to see a lot more businesses like Green Goo. And I just uh, want to thank you so much for um, working on this and, and just being passionate about um, healthcare in this sort of way. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate you. <laughs> Definitely. And um, with that, if anyone's listening, before March 3rd, you can actually enter to win um, some product from Green Goo and along with a ton of other um, outdoor brands. So just head over to Red Yeti for your chance to win. And with that, Jody, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Eddy Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.